Do y'all ever stop and think about the movie Cars? Because Cars don't talk in real life. And me, I'm just grateful that we have a movie that represents that. Hey guys, welcome to Well Cordell. This is the podcast that encourages its listeners to get well. And today I'm going to dedicate an entire episode to talking about growing up in church. And in this episode, I'm not talking about any bad experiences and I'm not going to be slamming the church in any way. This episode is just going to be focused on the good that came out of growing up in church for me. I'm going to be talking about the opportunities I had because I was in church and the good memories I made. And I do actually have a reveal planned for the end of this episode. Stay tuned until the end of the episode and you'll find out what it is. And with that being said, we're going to jump straight in and I want to start with some background. I want you guys to picture this church that I grew up in. It wasn't a chapel like you see with a lot of churches in the Bible Belt. It's not one of these small churches where from the outside view you just saw the chapel and inside there would be one sanctuary like the olden days. This was a Baptist church, but it was fleshed out. All right. It had a gym. It had one sanctuary that was smaller. And then across the street, you had a bigger, much larger sanctuary that was more recently built. And it had its own preschool classroom area and a playground for the preschoolers. If you've ever seen a mega church or you know what a mega church is, it's bordering on that. Although I just don't know if you could call it a mega church because I think with mega churches, there have to be a certain congregation size. I'm not sure. I'll have to Google it. But it's definitely giving that mega church vibe in more aspects than just the physical. But that's for another episode. Now, to get into the meat and the potatoes, I went to this church since I was basically born. My earliest memories are on Sunday mornings where my family fixed me breakfast and we were out the door at 8.45 a.m. sharp on Sunday mornings to go to this church. I'm talking about inside-out core memory type shit. Church was my first exposure to other kids, kids my age, and it's where I made my first friends, a lot of which I still talk to to this day. My childhood friend group and my best friend, they all came from church. I just wanted to take a second to paint you guys this picture because basically every friend I made from elementary school, middle school, high school, most of them fell by the wayside. I am still friends with a lot of the people that I met when I started going to the church I went to when I was very, very, very little. And that's really the main thing that I attribute to church. It's the community that I found there. It introduced me to socializing and making friends. And I was in both the preschool and the Mother's Day Out program. And I was going to Sunday school every Sunday morning. Up until about age four or five, I probably spent more time under the supervision of my church leaders than the supervision of my own family. So I quite literally learned most of my basic life skills by going to church. So that about covers the basis of my early childhood in church. And I think the real meat and potatoes are in my teenage years going to church. So I did a lot of activities that were connected to my church and we got a lot to cover. There's so many different things that I did while I was at church. 
The first thing being choir. I sung in choir from kindergarten to 12th grade, basically. And there were definitely different phases to me singing in choir. Like, I remember there was this one choir program that ran from kindergarten to fifth grade. And I was a part of that all of those years. And then I graduated to middle school choir. And what's really funny about that is that I started in sixth grade as a soprano. And I would sit with the soprano, so it would be mostly girls and then me, one guy, <laughs> in the soprano row. And fast forward to today, I am a bass. I can sing bass and tenor. I really like tenor more now, but I can sing bass notes. If you guys have been following me for a little bit, I post a few covers on my IG, and I be hitting those low notes now. My range has come really far, but my point being, choir was really my gateway with how passionate I am about singing. We used to have choir practice every week, and I was so integrated to the point where in elementary school, when I wasn't so good at singing, I would see the kids who would get solos, and then I would get really jealous. It's like, yeah, and I want a solo. That's just like my inner narcissism. But time goes on, and I improve as a singer, and I start volunteering for the solos. And I started out just being in the ensemble, and then as my singing improved, and I went to choir for literally years... I started to get solos more and that would mean I would sing in quote big church because when you were a kid that's what you called it you would call it big church <laughs> and you got to get up on Sunday mornings in front of an audience of what like 800 900 people and you would sing so you have a 13 year old kid getting up on stage to display his singing ability and then coming off stage and having all those people clap for you and tell you good job. Even though it was about worshiping God, I can't lie and say I hated the attention. <laughs> A big thing to mention about choir in my case is that choir was pushed to all the students at my church. So if you were a student and you went to my church, there was a lot of pressure to go to choir. It's like, if you were in choir, like, what are you doing? It wasn't just its own little thing off to the side. It was integrated. Like, for example, in kindergarten through fifth grade, through that first choir program, they would have a service, like a church service for the kids. And then they would send all of the kids right to choir. So for all of elementary school, every kid did choir. They really wanted every kid to get a taste, at least, of what choir was like. I think I've covered choir enough in detail, and so I'm going to move on to another component of my church, which was musical theater. I guess this is my reveal that <laughs> I was a theater kid. The first play that I did through my church was Aladdin Jr., and I was all pissy because I thought I was going to get a lead part. I really thought I was going to be Jafar. <laughs> Bro, looking back on pasty fifth grade me, and he really thought he was going to play Jafar. <laughs> like bitch be real but i was a townsperson and i was so jealous that i wanted to quit i literally told my family multiple times i want to quit this i would rather watch the play than be in it but the reality was that i was jealous and i didn't know how to voice that jealousy because i knew if i did it was being insensitive and deep down i knew that 
the kid that got Jafar deserved it more than me because he was taller, had curly hair, a deeper voice. And there was also a big component of acting that I just didn't understand at the time. And that is that you have to sell the part that you're playing. You can't just read lines off of a piece of paper or a script and expect people to be amazed. No, you have to step into that character's shoes and you have to act as they would act despite you being you, if that makes sense. And this person that got the role of Jafar just sold Jafar so much better than I did. But that was a big lesson for me and like, hey, you can't always get what you want. And if you want something, you got to work hard. And sometimes some people just deserve things more than you in certain moments and you just have to deal with it. But I did end up being in Aladdin Jr. And the thing about putting on a show like that is you grow tighter with the people that did it with you. And by the end of the production, you're all like your own little family. And it's so sad to see everybody move on to other things at the final curtain call. So I do have to say that a lot of my best memories at church were the ones I made doing musical theater. I'll tell you guys the other plays I did. There was The Lion King Jr. where everybody had animal costumes and put on animal face paint. I was a wildebeest and some other farm animal I can't remember. But for the wildebeest scene, they had us do this specific choreography and we would come out and it would look like the stampede. It was cool. <laughs> Not really. We really just did circles around Simba <laughs> for a while. But that was fun. And then Mary Poppins Jr. Where I had this really embarrassing moment. No, it was Annie. It was Annie Jr. I had this really embarrassing moment. I was trying to arrest these two people on stage for my role. And there was this giant pillar next to me. And I elbowed the pillar. Nearly knocking it over. And like hurting people <laughs> but luckily i caught it before it fell and i literally looked out in the audience and i fucking shrugged and put my hands up <laughs> it was bad you know being on stage we were never supposed to break the fourth wall but it's not like i could make the audience unsee what just happened so even though i was in character i took the time to recognize it and play it off and looking back, it's kind of funny. And I was doing musical theater for five, six years. And then going into my senior year of high school, I got my biggest role that I had had. It was part of this musical review that we were doing, which is basically numbers from a bunch of different musicals combined. And I had my own scene where I was the beast from the new Beauty and the Beast movie, and I had performed the song Evermore from that movie, and that is my favorite musical theater memory out of them all. So like I was saying when I was talking about Aladdin, theater taught me a lot of life lessons, and when I was in honors English in high school, I wrote an essay based on my journey through theater, you know, from taking supporting roles to getting lead roles and things I learned along the way. The main theme being just working with what you got. Um, it really was a whole, you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit thing with casting. And that was something that younger me definitely had to overcome. But once I did, it just made the whole experience more enriching. 
The last time I was ever in a play was two years ago, and it feels like I've left that life behind. But who knows? Might pick it back up again. We'll see. Okay, so moving on. I can't talk about my childhood in church without talking about my student ministry. And the main thing I want to say about my student ministry is, for better or for worse, okay, it felt like there was a big culture around it. Like, we're talking about kind of like dynamics like you'd see in a high school, honestly, like clicks and just hype for events that were going on around it. All of the students would meet on Sunday mornings before church and then again on Wednesday nights. We would play games, there'd be free food. Bro, there was a worship band with its own branding and promotion. <laughs> and that's one of those things looking back where I'm like, hmm, you know, that's interesting. And we might talk about that another time, but one of the things my ministry was most notable for was this annual beach trip. We take it every summer and guys, we went to the same beach camp every single year back to back. I guess my youth pastor just thought these event organizers were A1 or they just liked the location. I don't know, but it was just cool because on one hand, yeah, it's a Christian camp, but on the other hand, you get to go to the beach and hang out with your friends. Who doesn't want to do that? And it's six of y'all to a room, so it's the vibes. I really did look forward to this beach trip every year because, well, for one thing, I didn't necessarily get to go on a lot of vacations over the summer. This beach trip was really my main vacation that I looked forward to every year. So while some things did happen that weren't amazing, I take a look back and I see mainly good memories. And I'm actually sitting here and reminiscing on it as I'm recording this and just thinking, damn, you know, we have no more of those. I'm not going on another one. I've moved on now and I'm in college. So that's how I know that something about it was just lightning in a bottle and a vibe that, quite frankly, I'll never see again. Okay, I have one last thing to talk about with my childhood growing up in church, and that is the fact that I was on the praise team. And I already said that I was in choir, but this was a separate thing being in praise team. And I'll tell you guys how I got involved with that. So it was actually right before the pandemic and I was on my way to audition for the praise team. I had known that I wanted to be in it and I brought my acoustic guitar and I had it in a soft case, but I was running with it because I was so excited to get to the audition and I was running with it, holding it to my side. And then I tripped and fell. I don't know if it was like on my shoelace or whatever, but I tripped and fell and I landed on the guitar and I broke my acoustic guitar. <laughs> I was mad about it, but what that led to was me auditioning on piano instead. And I hadn't played piano since like second grade. And so what this did for me is this reignited my love for piano. It was a little learning curve, don't get me wrong, but if I hadn't have broke my guitar that day, this is for all you butterfly effect believers, if I hadn't have broken my guitar that day, I would not be playing piano again. I would have left piano in the past. So praise band is how I got back into piano, and I played in praise band for my high school years, starting with 
COVID, of course, we couldn't get together all the time because of COVID. So after that initial lockdown phase and then church came back, I was in praise band. And I did that for the rest of my high school days. On Wednesday nights, praise band would lead worship in the student service. When I first entered the student ministry in middle school, there was a different praise band. And then those people went off to college, started their lives, whatever. And so a new praise band got started up and I was a part of it along with a lot of my friends. And we would rotate some of us on what we would do. Like I would play piano some nights, and then other nights I would have someone else play piano and I would be a lead vocalist. So it was really cool just to get versatile in a few different things music wise. The only thing is that guilt crept in and it still does to this day when I realized that I was doing praise band less for the aspect of worshiping God and more for the performance and the intention. I talked about this a little bit earlier with choir, but regardless of it being for the worship of God, it's also a performance opportunity. And I think my ego and my inner little narcissist was like getting off on the attention. And admittedly, I stayed in praise band for longer than I wanted to because the attention I got from people's approval of me felt really good. Like when people would say, oh, you're really good up there when you're singing. Or maybe it was because the fact that I sang and I played an instrument meant that I had something to take pride in. Something that I could tie to my identity and my self-worth. Dude, I don't know, man. It's just I'm at college studying psychology and I'm looking into my past a lot right now. <laughs> and I'm just seeing these things pop up and they're interesting. So I wanted to share them on here. And that is how we're going to wrap up this episode. So let me know if you grew up in church and you had some of these same opportunities like choir, band, or musical theater like I did because that's really cool. But I know that most of the people who are going to be listening to this episode when it comes out are people who went to the same church as me growing up. And they're going to hit me up like, why is he talking generically about the church we both went to? As if we didn't both go to the same church and we know what I'm talking about. Just leave me alone. <laughs> but I did promise you guys a reveal by the end of this episode. And here it is. So this is actually not going to be the last time that I talk about church. I have planned a trilogy of episodes where I talk about church. So there's this episode that you just listened to growing up in church, all my positive experiences, all my opportunities. And then the next time I talk about church, I want to talk about my experience at church, kind of getting into some negatives of my church experience. And currently a lot of listeners of this podcast are from my childhood church. So it's probably going to piss a lot of people off and hurt people's feelings, but I'm doing it anyway. And then the final episode of the trilogy is going to cover what my life looks like now that I have left my childhood church, the church that I went to for 16 years. So I'm just letting you guys know ahead of time that you have those episodes to look forward to. They're not going to drop back to back to back because this podcast is weekly. And I don't want you guys to get burned out of me just talking about my church. But let me guys, let me guys, let me guys know, <laughs> let me know how soon you guys want to see those episodes and I will be soon to get them made. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave me a five-star rating and I will see you on next week's episode of Well Cordell.